HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Boys are mellow as a honeydew. Yeah. That cat is high. Look that look in his eye. Oh man, he's high. Yes, higher than a kite. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte. It's a sunny day here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And the perfect day to be sitting in the studio with AC on, drinking some rum old fashions with my good buddies, Brian Miller and Ryan Lelia. Lelia, sorry. I, I just took a sip of this, so it's, it got to me. Guys, congrats on a year of doing Tiki Mondays. Thank you. Thanks, That's David. an amazing, an amazing accomplishment. I remember uh, when you first started doing this, obviously, Ryan, you've been on several times. Ryan, you've been on once before when we did the Tiki All-Star show. That's a long applause, and that's a well-deserved <laughs> one. Um, I remember you saying uh, you thought this was probably just going to be something you did for a couple of months, and you weren't sure how you were going to book it out, and then you realized, holy shit, I'm booked out for six months. And you were telling Ryan that, and uh, you're like, wait a minute, this is this is something like bigger than what we ever expected i mean we're we're still you know a small blip on the cocktail radar but um i don't really care actually <laughs> i just i i mean i'm I, i'm happy for the success of tiki mondays but at the same time it's like i do this because ryan and i love to do this it whether you know we make money or not i of course we'd like to make money but um <laughs> this is just a blast this is this is our labor of love this is what we do Week in and week out, dude, you know? <laughs> totally. And, you know, uh, that being said, you were just saying earlier uh, before the show that, you know, this has kind of uh, spawned a lot of new Tiki Nights around the country. We've been, uh, I mean, it's great. I don't know if it has, I, I wouldn't assume that it has, it has anything to do with us, but obviously uh, Brother Cleve up in Boston doing Tiki Tuesdays. Uh, I just found out uh, for a couple of weeks now, Joe Swifka, who used to be the head bartender at Lonnie Kai, is doing um, Tiki Tuesdays now at uh, La Descarga out in L.A. Um, obviously, you have Martin Kate, you know, who does Tiki pretty much every day of his yeah. life. <laughs> um, you know, and the people at the, at the Mai Kai. I mean, there's there's a lot. It, it, it's growing. I mean, it's it, it's not a passing fad anymore. It's I, I think tiki, tiki is something that's in everybody's consciousness now and more and more people are realizing hey this is fun like why don't we do more of this 
it's giving me hope to like one day open up my rodeo bar. It, my, hey, man, my, yeah, my, that's it's the same thing. I mean, in a way, you could say when um, I remember years ago uh, talking with Phil Ward, and he, you know, he's obviously become the uh, the beacon for tequila. And when I was starting to do tiki drinks at Pegu Club, he was like, "Brian, do you really want to be known as the tiki guy?" And I was like, "It's pretty fucking rich coming from the tequila guy, you know, <laughs> like, being specialized like that." I guess doesn't seem you know may not be the the smartest business move but at the same time it's like doing what you love it's it's not really work anymore you know it's fun yeah absolutely and speaking of that i mean if for especially for our listeners i think a lot of them have had a, an opportunity to go to one of the tiki nights uh hope so <laughs> yeah definitely definitely uh they definitely know just how much fun it is and that that style of drink and that whole history and atmosphere that just it's it's meant to be fun, and it, it definitely is fun. I mean, like I, I can't say that uh, I've I've cer- like certainly survived all of them. I've never seen you leave with a frown on your face. <laughs> I've never, have, I you know, I've, I may have been injured at a couple of them, but uh, but yeah, or you know, at least injured in the morning. But uh, but yeah, they're always so much fun, and you know, it's about like good fun music, good awesome drinks, and the creativity uh, which comes from a lot of these. It's it's essentially a guest bartending night, a running guest bartending night where not all of these people are necessarily tiki bartenders, but they are bringing their own style, like you said, to to the game. Yeah, I I, I think I mean it started off when I wanted to have guest bartenders. Um, the idea was I wanted to work with a lot of people that I don't get a chance to work with. You know, when you're when you work at a, a specific bar, you work with the crew there and obviously like my time at Death and Company, I had an amazing array of people to work with, but I wanted to kind of expand that. Um and to be honest, people that I had worked with in the past that I hadn't worked with in years, like say Jim Kearns, like you know, Jim and I there isn't a foxhole I wouldn't want Jim Kearns in with me. Like I, I, I love working with Jim. And uh he was kind of an inspiration for like bringing other bartenders on and then it just started to take on a life of its own of like people started coming to me saying, Hey, when the hell am I gonna bartend to keep money? And I was like, Really? Okay, sure, yeah. No, you know, it's like I mean, obviously Brother Cleve was was a huge one. Beach bum was Record breaking. Yeah, I mean that was <laughs> that was like having God bartend with you. I was I was like I, I, I was blown away, and that was probably the funnest time I've ever had behind the bar. But um, so many. There, that was also his only bartending shift to date. That was the only time the he's guy who actually writes all at, the tiki books today. He's never he's, bartend- he's never worked a full bartending shift and in his life, him, and he he well, I mean. Some people might disagree, but at the, <laughs> for me, I, I, I literally had my head in the well the entire night, so it was hard to, I mean, I didn't even notice half my friends that were there. But um, the fact that that man just bartended the whole night with a smile on his face and just kept going, like never let the waves crash on top of him and like throw him back, he just kept moving forward. And that was kind of an inspiration for Ryan and I. We were like, cool, let's just keep doing this, man. Let's just keep having fun. And I remember that earlier that week bum had done a lecture at uh at the uh american museum of natural history and talking with him i was like i was like i really love tiki i was like i thought i'd get tired of it and i was like what about you you've been doing this forever he's like brian i've been doing this for 30 years and it never gets old cool and that was just like 
wow, cool, man. Hopefully we can follow in your footsteps and do the same thing. So what's the typical process for you guys? Speaking of inspiration, like as far as like you said, you know, it happened very organically where you had no shortage of guest bartenders wanting to come do it. Uh, And now we're getting to the point where people are starting to uh, have their second one. I'm actually going to be doing it on September 3rd. Exactly. uh, The first Monday of September. Um, But why don't you run us through the process of how, you know, how these menus come together and how well they you know at, at at first i had an idea of certain drinks that i wanted to do um and then i kind of like worked them out and when we didn't really have sponsors in the beginning like when julie and i uh did the first one just before tales last year um which wasn't that well attended but definitely had some nice people alex day showed up um your brother uh, Dylan was one of my first regulars. Uh, yeah. Dylan kept back up. when he was working at Spin. He was only a few uh, <laughs> short stumbling <laughs> he was blocks only away. A few yards away. So he used to come in, and that was you know trying to bring out a lot of tiki drinks that I had in my repertoire and um, put them out there. And then when we started to get more sponsors, it became like okay, let's like try to create new drinks with uh, the sponsors that we have. You know, because sometimes there aren't. Um, there aren't necessarily classic tiki drinks, say, for example, scotch, um, yeah. that you can pull from. So we just started creating more and more drinks. Excuse me. And um, it was something that it, it started off as like, okay, here's the menu. And then it was like, okay, well, now we're going to take Sundays because uh, Juliet at Lonnie Kai had, uh, she had closed Sundays because the business wasn't so good, and which, and which has been like a saving grace for us. Um, because it allows us to come in um, and literally spend anywhere between five and eight hours putting together a menu. So, um, so tell us about that a little bit. Like, run us through a typical Sunday. Uh, well, it used would... to it used to start earlier. It used to start around one o'clock in the afternoon. But um, Ryan uh, works Saturday nights, so to be nice to him, I was. Gotcha. I, 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 I do appreciate that. I, 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 I started it a little bit later, and I mean, this is something that is not a part of Ryan's job description. His job description is basically barbacking on Monday nights, and even now, that's not really. Um, how would I say this? It's not really the proper thing to do with Ryan because he's a bartender now. Like he started off as a barback at Lonnie Kai. Miller, I'll always be your barback, dude. I, 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 I truly <laughs> appreciate it. I, I can pretty much count on maybe t- one or two fingers, my favorite barbacks. And Ryan is one, is the one. Um, and I really appreciate the fact that he's always been there for me. Um, not only have we grown as co-workers but as friends as well oh buddy and uh no i mean i i I really couldn't and i wouldn't want to do this without ryan and um but it starts on sunday nights um we moved it a little bit later sometimes we've had to accommodate you know bartenders uh coming in from out of town you know uh my night with dom venegas he uh was coming in from la i think uh because his girlfriend ivy had just done a tiki uh guest bartending stint out in la and dom came in and it was in it, it, it's nice that someone actually shows the dedication to fly in from out of town to get there on Sunday nights and work with us. Um, Phil Pepperdine, who just did one last week, literally showed up at, flew in at four o'clock in the afternoon and was there at five o'clock wow. to put the menu together. And we, you know, sometimes we're kind of inspired by classic tiki drinks um, and we just kind of retweak them using the, uh, um, 
the Mr. Potato Head theory of, of, of switching the ingredients out in drinks. But um, there are other times where we're just really inspired to like, okay, cool, I want to do this drink and I want to try this product with it. And the drinks taste different. And I like to say that the drinks that we do on that we create on Sunday night with brands are specific to those brands because each brand brings, you know, not all white rums are created the same, you know. So when we use like Denison, there are certain drinks. It's like, okay, could you use Florida Kanye? I was like, you could, but actually I like the way that um, the Denison tastes in this drink. So, you know, we work, we do work really hard at this. It doesn't seem like that we're putting it, you know, that we're putting it all together in one night. It seems maybe like it's, it, it's a little rushed, but, um, I've been raised in this industry um, to basically have someone make a drink several times over before I feel like it's done. Um, when Damiano Corrin and I worked together, um, who's a really good friend of mine, um, we made, what, 12 different versions of simply a daiquiri. It was more we, like 20, dude. Yeah. I mean, we literally created at the end of the night, we had a pyramid of martini glasses with daiquiris <laughs> in them trying to create the perfect one. Um, but it was just something that I learned um, from my days at Pegu Club with Audrey Saunders, where she was just like, Brian, let's drive this off the cliff and, and try something different. When I, the first drink I ever quote unquote created, I made 30 different ways, and it ended up being three ingredients. It was Michter's Rye, uh, Remazotti, and Lillet Rouge with a lemon twist. I named it after my grandmother. Uh, called The Row, but I tried that out on everybody. I tried it out on Dale DeGroff. I tried it out on Jim Meehan. I tried it out on everybody on the staff, and it was just a way of, like, you work through things, and we do the same thing on Tiki Mondays, where we just constantly work a drink and try to get it to its its zenith, its, its highest point, and Ryan has become a really integral part of that, as much as helping us set up and stuff like that. It's like his palate also really helps, and I'm kind of hogging the microphone here. <laughs> you are a mic hog, dude. It's all right, though. You're saying some good shit. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that process, like you just said, you know, with uh, with this Michter's Right drink that, you know, you the tried. Row. The row. The row, right. Um, that you try to, you know, 30 different ways on 30 different people. <clears throat> you know, uh, you, that's definitely a process that we use not only in tiki i mean obviously that all bartenders go through yeah i mean i there was a time when i was at pego and i got done with the shift and i was like oh maybe i'll actually have a row and the guys made it for me and i was like oh this fucking stinks what's what's in this and they're like it's your drink it's rittenhouse rye and i'm like no it's michter's rye it's totally different and it really is a totally different drink um it's i actually have never made that drink since i left pego club because not many people carry actually michter's rye but that is that was that was the lesson then that was certain specific spirits actually can dictate the quality of a drink. You know, not every rye drink is good with Rittenhouse rye, which I know is a, is is in the wheelhouse of every almost every cocktail bartender out there. But you know, there are some drinks. Say, for example, like Mickey McElroy's. Um, uh, it's not the Bensonhurst. It's a uh, another Brooklyn territory but anyway Mickey made it originally with uh with old overhold and people started to make it with Rittenhouse Ryan they're like oh it's a little bit better and I was like but if you know milk and honey you know that they don't carry Rittenhouse Rye they only carry old overhold so it's like okay you need to like think about that and be like okay the drink is differently Rittenhouse Rye versus old overhold it's interesting actually doing uh you know the the limitations of the inventory that 
certain bars, especially the birthplace of these cocktails come from. You Absolutely. Know? I don't think you can ask for drinks that were created at Milk and Honey and have them be recreated at Death & Company. They may not have the same ingredients yeah. or at Pegu Club or Flatiron or Clover. I was going to say, just like... Even just the like, syrup recipes, though, too, probably vary a lot, you know? Yeah, syrups and... and yeah, yeah, like... Absolutely. Yeah, but, you know, that's that's funny that you said that and you mentioned Death & Co. because I was going to say the same thing. It's like... Or even like Jake Walk in Brooklyn, you know? It's like they have... A huge array of different whiskeys that they could use, but you know, knowing that that drink comes from uh, milk and honey, then it's going to be overhauled. And if right. it were, if it did come from Death and Co, you maybe it may be a Rittenhouse Rye drink, Rittenhouse you know, Rye drink. And, totally. you, and and just like you know, it's it's from us traveling around and going to all these different bars. It's like you kind of get used to what people have at their bar. Like I know it it may have changed. It's been uh, too long since I've been to Milk and Honey lately, but. Um, Elijah Craig is their is their house bourbon, you know. So if you ask for a drink that, say, for example, has bullet bourbon in it, um, you're not gonna. It's not gonna taste the same if you, ha- it, you know, if you ask for it at Milk and Honey. Yeah, but we're talking about whiskey way too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, well, it's a good thing we have these old fashions, but made with rum, in front of us <laughs> to uh, to get us back on track. Um, actually, we're gonna take a quick break, but when we get back, I want to hear Ryan's. Uh, input on what he's been learning from you over the past year, especially becoming uh, a fresh bartender besides taking lots of shots of Appleton rum. We'll be back in just a moment. Went to the preacher, said I'm a man of sin. Still didn't be the fear of God, but all he was a man and I'm going down. Yeah, I'm going down. Today's program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Backed by popular demand, Whole Foods Market Picnic returns to Summer Streets this August. Stop by the picnic at 24th and Park Avenue on Saturday, August 4th, 11th, and 18th. Our Whole Foods Market team will be serving delicious samples, and our inspiring wellness club team will be there too. And you can meet and eat with some of our amazing vendors, both from the local area and beyond. We'll be there each Saturday from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m., and we hope you will, too. We're back. You're listening to The Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte, and in the studio today we have the hardcore Tiki team from 
Tiki Mondays at Lonnie Kai. We've got Brian Miller and Ryan LaLoya here in the studio. And congrats I'm on the bring the applause year. back. <laughs> yeah, bring, you know what? Let's just like make a whole show of just like saying can some you, sentence and then. Can you guys do applaud. a whole interview with the applause in the background? <laughs> I, I think, think so. Should. Do it. Let's let's do the rest of the show that way. <laughs> um, so before we uh, took a break, we were talking about uh, obviously. Well, we were talking about whiskey. That's true, but uh, we're going to switch it back over to. Uh, a little bit of rum. We're actually drinking rum old fashions. Can you run us through what's in here? Right now? Uh, yeah, this is kind of what uh, well Ryan and I usually do. It's 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 a basis on uh, Bums or uh, excuse me, uh, Don's theory of what one rum can't do, three rums can. So this is like an old fashioned with uh, two different kinds of uh, sweeteners. We've got Demerara and Don Spices Four, and then we've got uh, Cahola Bay. It's two different kind of sweeteners. Um, oh, Don Spices too. No, Don Spices for the cinnamon. Oh. Um, and then we do Kohala Bay, which is uh, what they say now was uh, the dagger rum from Ray and Nephews, or the closest replication we can get of that. Um, nice dark rum. And then we have uh, the Samaroli Fiji rum and good old standby Havana Club 7. Nice. With uh, some Elamakule bitters, Angostura, and um, Jerry Thomas bitters. Fucking yeah. delicious, dude. Uh, yeah, hey, why make it easy one? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we uh, we've been drinking that, <laughs> so that's been Lots. happening. Um, Ryan, uh, before we left, I wanted to uh, get your input on, especially just recently becoming like doing the transition from being a barback to a bartender, and especially being a fly on the wall, as Brian said earlier about uh. Uh, hanging out and like tasting these drinks and like checking out the te- the different techniques and you know obviously tasting a lot of spirits like we were talking about before <laughs> and a lot of different variations. Can you tell us some of the the most uh, influential and important things that you've learned recently? Uh, <laughs> Let me just say, dude, that I have forgotten more tiki monies than I remember. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, that's, I think that's true of all of us. <laughs> as far as the techniques go, like I'm like. Yeah, that that way of stirring is fucking awesome. I don't know where I learned it. I knew it was from a Tiki Monday, but as far as like pinpointing that shit, dude, I really can't. Yeah. But definitely, dude, I feel like everything that I do behind the bar, I've just taken from watching Miller and the guest, whoever it may be, I couldn't tell you, doing their shit. And a lot, a lot of it happens on uh, Tiki Sundays where we're talking about like, oh, why why do you stir like that? You know, why do you um, you know, why do you shake with three ice cubes and, and that kind of thing? But. Dude, absolutely. I mean, I've been bartending for six months or so. I mean, so I'm really new on the scene, dude. I feel so fucking lucky to be taking in all this shit as the fly on the wall. Like, dude, I'm like jump-started into like the realm of tiki and mixology. Like, you know, a year and a half ago, I had no idea what this shit was, dude. And now like, I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm in it, dude. I'm loving it. You know? But I feel like I teach Miller some shit, too, from time to time. Like, for example, the Corporal Captain dance. <laughs> which, which he has perfected. I gotta say, he's doing really well. He's he's, he's nailing it. I couldn't dance before I met Ryan. See, I'm so not sure like, I still can. No, I, I, you know, what? I can attest to that. I, I was at your 40th birthday party. <laughs> yeah, there's some real bad moves then. <laughs> <laughs> it's a give and take kind of thing, you know. Yeah. So, um, especially um, like you were saying, you know, not remembering where you learned this stir from or this shake from, or you know, Brian's. Crossbones shake or you know whatever which Garrett does, does at my does bar. Garrett, yeah, he does. does Garrett do that? Now? <laughs> yes. Um, so, I, like, I kind of feel like along the way, especially which you're gonna 
find out more and more, and we are all going to find out more and more about this. But uh, you know, the more like you were saying before, Brian, you know, go into Milk and Honey and know that they have uh, Overholt Rye and Electric Craig. It's like we go around and we see all these other bartenders, like peers and contemporaries in the scene, you know, and the industry doing things in different ways, and it's kind of like kind of like building a religion you know it's like you take parts of different religions and put it together yeah. and you kind of make it your own you know so like you, you know you you may stir this way but you don't strain this way you no, know? i got like, a, i got a good thing going on back there man i wouldn't trade it for the world that's why like i'm like when julie promoted me to a bartender i was like can i still bar back on mondays please <laughs> awesome. like, oh yeah dude no no doubt no doubt it's like yeah you, you weren't gonna get rid of that shit <laughs> <laughs> not not for the world dude well yeah. we're, we're we're not exactly the favorite child of the staff at Lonnie Kai. the black uh, sheep. But they, I mean, the staff there obviously is, is, is a great group of people. And, uh, but, you know, we've gone through our fair share of waitresses um, working with us. Managers. But uh, actually, I, I, I don't know. I like, pissed off a couple of your managers, yeah, for sure. You know, when, <laughs> when, when Ryan got assigned to me, I was just like, as, after the first day, I was like, Julie, this is the guy. I was like, I want this guy. Like, don't please don't Cheers, don't, don't 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 ever let him get away from me. And um, I really couldn't, Ryan. I mean, it's you know, it it literally does take a village. And with Tiki Mondays, man, from the bar back to you know, we've had we had an amazing waitress before um, uh, Annabelle, who just literally jumped into the deep end of the pool with no life preserver. And uh, now we've got Katie, and Katie is a real doll, and it's nice to have her there because it's kind of you know she's Hawaiian, so it's you have that flair there, and that girl is as tough as nails, and anybody who's been in Hawaii actually kind of knows what that means. Um, And frankly, without the support of Julie and Susan, we would never. I mean, when you were talking about earlier, like you know. I can't believe this has gone on to a year. I literally thought Julie would throw us overboard probably <laughs> within six months or something when, like when, that. When you would but, talk to me in like last year at this time, you'd be like, dude, we're booked through October. I was like, no fucking way are we going to make it through October. <laughs> we're booked through October, but will we last that long? <laughs> exactly. um, but literally, it. I mean, that's another thing to have Julie and Susan Fedorov like on our side. It's It's amazing and it's incredibly flattering. Like I can't believe the amount of support and, frankly, free will that those two women, um, Julie Reiner and, and Susan Fedorov, have given to us. It's it's amazing. I mean, they're probably two of the sweetest, sweetest, sexiest women in the industry, and I'm totally happy to be working for them, especially um, in an industry that is kind of uh, ma- male-dominated, kind of a gentleman's club to have those two. Let me trust you. I think those two could probably drink a lot of the men I know under the table. And, I've seen uh, it happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know, and they're built like fucking brick hospitals. So, you know, I'm totally happy to have those two women uh, be in our corner. It means a lot, and they've been uh, champions of our of our debauchery, and hopefully, you know, this is, it's year two, you know. Uh, yeah. Hopefully we're trying to get better, you know. I've joined Facebook and Twitter reluctantly, but... Um, <laughs> You know, and I'm still new to all that, but we're we're we're, we're going to try to take uh, Tiki Mondays National this year and 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 get out at some cocktail conventions and uh, you know with the help of Ryan and Julie and Susan and uh, my girlfriend Cabell, who literally kind of keeps it, <laughs> keeps everything together for me. Um, 
I just I, I I'm really hoping we can take this out and and just have fun. I think one of the nicest compliments I ever got was from Julie um, when she said she's like Tiki Mondays is the reason why I got into bartending. Like it reminds me of what I really loved. And uh, if I could just give a little shout out to my old man, um, I was really happy. There was one day when my dad came in with my mom. They were visiting New York and um, they came into the bar with my brother and my niece who my seven-year-old niece who was my first customer at Pegu Club um my dad came in and he was kind of like bobbing to the music in there my dad who's pushing 80 goes I wish I was 20 years younger <laughs> and I was like wow that's really cool because I'd love to have 60 year old men fucking rocking out at Tiki Monday <laughs> it's, it's, it's been an incredible ride and I am so grateful for every single moment that we've had awesome um, speaking of that debauchery, you got any uh, good stories that you want to divulge? You don't have I to think, drop names. I think um, you gotta, you gotta, <laughs> All right, I'll let you go first, Ryan. I think you got to. I think you got to come in and just hear from Miller's mouth, like the Birdman story. It's probably going to take up a little too much time to go through all the details, but come in and hear that one. Uh, the Birdman story. This was. I'll, I, I'll try to uh, paraphrase to, 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 paraphrase. to give this the uh, parrot phrase it. Parrot. Par- 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 yes, let's parrot phrase it. See what um, I did, Jack. <laughs> Essentially, what it was, it was like. Where's one. the applause? I, yeah, wait, hey, Jack, are you asleep? <laughs> um, there was there was one night, um, another great Tiki Monday night, and there was a bunch of people in there. And I, uh, towards the end, it was like uh, James Menite was there, and Ethan, God, what is Ethan's last name from uh, Brandy Library or formerly a Brandy Library? Ethan Kelly. Ethan Kelly, yeah. Ethan was in there, and there was this guy that was like standing there. And it was the very end of the night, and we start cleaning up the bar, and this guy literally goes, Caw-caw! And I was like, and I had heard it earlier in the night, but I just kind of played it off as like, okay, it's Tiki Mondays, God knows what's going on. And at the end of the night, like, Ethan's talking to me, and this guy goes, Caw-caw! And Ethan, like, turns over to him, and he's like, what the fuck is that, man? Like are you trying to go after women? Cause there's no women in the bar here. I don't know what's going on. And eventually, you know, as we're cleaning up the bar, I was like, Michael's like, Michael, our general manager is like, Brian, is there anything I can help you do? I'm like, get the fucking bird man out of here. Like I just need to, you know, we're trying to clean up. Michael gets this guy out and kind of like gently walks him out the door, pushes him out, gets him outside. He was and, calling the whole time. And he was calling <laughs> the whole time. And like we had turned the music off because we're like trying to concentrate on like cleaning up and, and, and getting together. And we could literally hear the front door shaking. Like there was enough play in the front door that you can hear it kind of go, you know, and from downstairs, we can actually hear this guy going, and like kept going I'm not kidding for probably like an hour at least dude and then Michael goes back upstairs and he looks at the guy and he's like hey thanks for coming and I'm downstairs like this guy's been shaking our door for a fucking hour cacawing and Michael's like hey thanks for coming I was like dude get this guy out of here and Michael was smart enough to be like dude we don't know what this guy's capable of he could be fucking crazy let's like call the cops and you know, we call the cops, and Ryan's like, "Dude, I gotta take the garbage out. Like, I, 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 out there. I, I don't want to go outside." And he literally—I'm not kidding—he did it for an hour. But by the end of the hour, he was like, <laughs> like he was getting tired. He was and losing his drive, man. So by the end of the night, we were literally sitting there 
staring out the big bay windows at, 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 at Lonnie Kai, staring at this guy at the front door who's still sitting down, but his hand is on the door. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, dude, we just want to go outside. You know, Ryan's like, I just want to throw the garbage out. And finally the cops came up. And the cops were actually, surprisingly, they were really nice. The guys were like, hey, man, what's going on? Is everything cool? And the guy's like, come on. <laughs> They, you know, and the guy ended up leaving without incident, but he kind of became the infamous Birdman of Tiki Mondays, and you know, I haven't I, seen him since. I have not seen him since, but I've definitely got text messages from, I believe it was Tim Cooper who was working with us that night, April Wachtel, who was the bar, who was the bartender upstairs that night. You know, I'd get text messages the next day, just simply saying "caca," <laughs> and it was, you know, it's we've definitely yes had some pretty incredible crazy nights bathroom door's been broken dude locked himself in the bathroom and punched his way out <laughs> come on dude it was just insane I, I i still think my favorite story and since the man is upstate and probably can't hear this uh i'm gonna i'm gonna retell this but the night that you and i worked together adam colasar uh, adam colasar is is up out in the woods somewhere spending some quality time with his daughter ruby uh but damon when you and i did um uh the scotch Tiki Mondays. We had our sponsor was uh, Famous Grouse Scotch. And that was the night when I really didn't think about how much all that scotch kind of hit us. But towards the end of the night, it was like, you know, it was the three of us and Adam Kolasar was there and we're cleaning up the bar and, you know, we do our typical, you know, Damon, I'll sign a menu for you. You sign a menu for me, and <laughs> you this. were you, you were literally remember, lying on like, the. You I were lying on the floor. You were lying the in front of the fireplace. It was like an Edward Hopper painting or something <laughs> like that. And, and 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 you looked like you were concentrating, like you were splitting the atom. And and <laughs> I, by the time I, by the time I got when I got the menu from you, it was like B R L, and it just kind of like and it was this giant scribble, and I was like. Well, uh, you know, that's three letters that say a thousand words. Um, <laughs> and Adam was leaning up against the bar, literally kind of holding on to the bar, I, I, I should say. But he was he was very quiet, wasn't really saying anything. And he was just kind of there bobbing, you know, kind of like a newborn baby. Like his head, he was kind of smiling and his head was kind of bobbing around. And um, at the end of the night, you know, he left without incident. There was no problems at all. And then the next day, I think the three of us all got the... Uh, the uh, the email from Adam that was like, did anybody get the name of that grouse that hit me? <laughs> and uh, he told he told the story of um, how he had gone home and passed out on the couch. Um, at some point or another, I think he accidentally hit his head because his head was bleeding, so there was a blood stain on the couch. And his daughter had woken up and was tugging on, on uh, Susan and saying... Uh, how come daddy's not awake? How come he can't take me to school today? And I think Susan had politely skirted the issue and explained that daddy was tired and <laughs> daddy couldn't come. And frankly, I'm, I'm, I'm always surprised when Susan lets me come in the house because I figure I must be, you know, the devil to her. Well, she, well more recently, though, was Adam Sticky Monday. His second one. Let's not tell too many stories about Adam. Wow. <laughs> no, Adam but is a tremendous individual. He's our, he's our number one fan. He is the man who created. Thank, I mean, for us, he didn't create the the name, but uh, the Tiki Mafia. Arg. 
which was actually created <laughs> created by uh, the name was given to us by uh, Wrigley by Jim Wrigley, uh, former Santa Teresa brand ambassador. But uh, Jim's been a great friend of of Tiki Mondays. But Adam actually made a flag for us that hangs now next right. to the other flag of the the New York Tiki. New York City Tiki Mafia, which is who we are, and that incorporates a lot of people. And um, where uh, you said you just uh, got on Facebook and Twitter, so how, yeah. where, where are the handles there? Uh, well, it's weird. Having started it as a business, we can't friend anybody, but we can like people. I don't know. It's one of those things that people are like. Ah, it's easy to set up an account on Facebook, dude. That was like trying to bend a spoon with my mind. It was <laughs> incredibly hard. That's why Cavill has been helping me with that. And actually, I brought on the uh, the Facebook and Twitter ninja. Angus Winchester gave me a little lecture uh, and and uh, teaching seminar this past weekend on how to work uh facebook so any mistakes that i make on facebook and twitter i blame on angus um but uh that's been good that's just been about trying to 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 further the brand and 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 kind of own it because pretty much just like anything else you know piracy everybody tiki mondays with miller on facebook dude right that's tiki mondays on miller with facebook and uh on miller with facebook on miller with facebook i'm gonna have another drink of this rum shot um and actually i do use my real name it's brian at tiki derelict on twitter so follow us cool awesome well you know what congrats for the year and here's to many more to come, guys. Damon, more, thank guys. you Cheers. for having us. Damon, thank you so much. All right. We'll see awesome. you next time on The Speakeasy and at Tiki Mondays every Monday at Lonnie Cop. Thanks, kids. Yes, this is The Speakeasy. Cheers. That cat is high. Look at that look in his eye. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.